Welcome back to Testify. I'm glad that you're able to join with us today. Today, we're going to continue on building our faith and talking about testifying to God's joy in our times of trouble. Like I said last week, this is not about having nothing but happiness and peace with great wealth, but rather it is that even in our worst of life's storms, we have the one who can calm the storm and restore us. In the Bible, joy is used 430 times while happy is only used 10 times. We must see that joy is a long-term aspect and not a fleeting moment like happiness. We are prone to desire happiness because it is easy to find, but it is truly hard to keep. Joy, on the other hand, can be very hard to find in times of trouble, but yet when we can find this joy, it will last us for the entire of our trials. This can become a hard topic where we must learn to build our foundations. If we're not careful, we can promise people that God has promised them health and wealth. And in this time, we can build up the opportunities for them to fail and we can even discourage others. If we tell people that they will receive great blessings from God, but don't also tell them that the trials will also come, we're going to build them on a foundation that will only crumble. This will allow a person to not only challenge their faith in God, but it may also cause them to turn from God and lose their faith entirely. They will not lose their salvation, but rather they won't serve God and receive the joys of casting the earned riches in heaven at Christ's feet. We must realize that trials will come, and when they do, we are not alone. God tells us we may suffer if we choose to follow him, but the rewards will outweigh the troubles. Romans 8, 17 and 18 says this, And if children, also heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ, indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time is not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. We can see here that God doesn't tell us we are going to be in constant peace, but rather that we may suffer with him. The world is full of sin, and those around us will try to put out our light of Christ. We must remember the ending of that verse, where it says that the glory of God will be revealed to us. It sounds here that serving God is full of trials and disappointments, but that's not all what I'm saying. The verse here also says that if a trial comes that overwhelms you, stand true, because the blessings that God gives is far greater in the end. Some people teach that trials and hard times can only come in a Christian's life when they've done wrong and they need to be brought back humbled to the fold. This may be true in some cases, but often than not, they're not to discipline, but rather to uplift and teach those people valuable life lessons of maybe patience, hope, joy, and even love. We can find this in James 1, 2. It says here, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It seems like this is a pretty crazy idea to be counting our trials as joy. But it is for the glory of God that we get the privilege to endure our trials and to show the power of Christ. The joy is not all to be smiles and jumping for joy, but rather it is to be satisfied by the peace of God in our tough times. 
We are not created to be strong enough on our own, but rather we must rely on God's strength to get us through. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. If we didn't face these trials and find ourselves in weakness, then we wouldn't have the chance to let the power of God shine through us. So now that we've talked a little bit about the power of God in trials, we must also talk about the ability to pray for the trials to end. You see, it's not wrong for us to ask God for the trials to take them from us. Even in the garden, Jesus asked God to take the cup from him. He knew the weight of the trial, and he asked if the cup could pass if God would allow it. We can see that joy isn't a feeling, but rather it is an act we must fulfill in our times of trouble. It says in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia for the severe tests of afflictions, their abundance of joy, and their extreme poverty have overwhelmed in a wealth of generosity on their part. When they faced times of trial, they rose to the occasion and trusted God in the generosity they showed over their desires of the flesh. You see, they didn't let the trials control who they were or what it caused them to accomplish, but rather in the abundance of the Lord, they used the joy he gave them to overcome and to keep their eyes upon God. Our joy must come from God, and only then can it last. You see, in John fifteen eleven, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. If we are truly desiring to be full of joy, we must have ourselves fully immersed in God's word and in a full relationship with him. You see, he seeks to direct and guide us by filling us with his joy that will overcome anything that we can face. I know some people may hear this and think, how can I say that God gives us joy in troubles that don't seem that fair to go through? I can honestly say, I don't know what is fair and just. It's not an easy thing to say to somebody struggling, just trust God and his joy will help you through. Because you see, when we say this, are we truly investing in this person's life? Or are we just trying to tell them what they need to hear when they need to hear it? See, God calls us to testify to his word. What does his word say? God will never give us more than we can handle. He says it also in John 2, 14 through 17. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed but does nothing for his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, not accomplished by actions, is dead. Our joy isn't going to come if we see others in need and tell them to look to God, but yet do nothing. We must first be in the will of God, so that when he opens this door to us for us to minister in his name, we are already full of great joy and we are able to do so. We must stand up and testify to the truth that God gives that the joy in this world so desperately desires. I feel like this is just the surface of what true joy is, 
but I hope it can be a kind of a starting point that we can use as we combine it with other aspects of God's grace and God's love later in some of these other podcasts. The joy of our Lord is our strength. The foundations that God lays before us can be an endless list of great truths. I'm, however, only going to touch on one more of these great truths before moving into some some very big aspects of truths that the world is beginning to blur. We are meant to be a salt and a light unto the world. As we approach some of these later topics, we must remain open to the word of God and listen to its truths. Next week, I want to build on this last foundation block in the word of God and see what it says about the ability to show our faith and obedience to his will. You see, we have to be able to obey and and do so in faith under authority we may not agree with. If we are truly to be used by God, we must be in the world, but not of the world. We will also look at several aspects of how God guides us to testify of his truths of obedience and love to our dying and lost world. I hope you'll join me next time. Until then, I pray you keep your eyes upon God and your mouth filled with his words.